listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit BrockportFirstBaptist.org. The scripture reading this morning will continue in Matthew chapter 7. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act like them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these words, the crowds were astounded at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we'll just sing the doxology in our hearts today. (laughs) Sorry, I had to, Jim Boley. I had to. I had to. It is. Yeah, it's fine. We've been rolling with punches this summer, and I just want to say thank you so much to each and every one of you. I have felt so loved and supported. This might be very much my favorite summer I have ever had. It has been awesome. So thank you. Um, Classes have started back up uh, this past week. If you're unaware, I'm working on my master's degree in spiritual formation. Um, This means I get to learn all about how God forms us inside and how we participate and how it shifts and changes throughout the course of our lives. It looks very different for an eight-year-old and an 80-year-old. And it's been so fun to learn each step of that journey. And there's other classes like, you know, the Bible and theology and pastoral ministry, but the spiritual formation makes me come alive. This semester, I'm taking what's called Christian spirituality. And our culture that, of course, we live in, we hear the word spiritual all the time. And it talks often of just whatever is going on in our inner world. Well, my focus is on the God of the Bible. And so it has been so specific to that teaching, the journey not only to myself, but being able to share that journey with others. And I opened my book this week, and in the introductory chapter, doesn't it say that the author says our life should and could look like, and the way that we learn is by studying the Sermon on the Mount. And I'm just like, yes, this is why we did that this summer. It's been amazing. Um, But before we jump in, please join me in prayer. Oh, God, I ask you, Lord, to move me aside. We invite your Holy Spirit into this space. We ask that you open our hearts and our ears our minds, and our lives for transformation. 
I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts are acceptable to you, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. So I'm going to do a quick recap because I think to end well, we need to see where we've been. And has has it been summer? I know that summer has been hard to get to every message, and so this will be helpful maybe for some of you. Uh, As a reminder, if you want to go back and listen to any of the the sermons, they're all on the website, so you're able to listen. I do feel sometimes that I repeat myself a little bit, and the reason I do that is repetition makes it stick. If we want to remember something, sometimes we need to hear it over and over and over again. There's a, I learned that you can listen to a thing over and over and podcast doesn't shut you down. You can keep listening to it. So if you had a message that really meant something, feel free, listen to it a few times. That's what I like to do. Not to my own, that would be strange. Um, <laughs> We, so we started the summer in the Beatitudes, where I asked for you to get into the posture of a disciple. We saw how Jesus invites us into humility and wants us to walk alongside each other as we learn and journey together. I have gone over and over how trying harder doesn't work. It doesn't work. We have to listen to our feelings, join groups, find therapy if we need it. We need to be introspective along this journey. We need to allow God to be our guide and help us figure out who God has made us to be and how to fully embrace ourselves. Putting down old and negative patterns of behavior while picking up positive ones. How can we live for God if we are not authentically living out who God made us to be? Through this summer, I hope I've showed you how Jesus wants us to embrace each step. Embrace each moment as they come. Jesus is inviting each of us into such a deep and tight relationship with him following so closely that he will guide us down new and different paths as we discover more and more of what is inside us through the Holy Spirit. Next, we moved into some very specific ways of being that Jesus taught. He wants his believers to be honest, to be committed, to be able to get in touch with what is going on inside so that a deeper level of intimacy and honesty can be attained. There are times at which we want to be honest, but we haven't sit down with our own stuff long enough to even know what honest looks like in a moment. When we sit in silence and solitude with God, we allow God to speak into these places. God uses our feelings, our experiences, our lusts to show us more and more about ourselves and the world around us. On top of this, Jesus asks for us to check our motivations, check our hearts, 
put down mammon and take up the love of God and love of others as our compass and our guide. I asked you to take a look at what you're giving to the world around you and to give more of what counts, to give more love, to be generous with your time, your talents, and your money, to be conscious of where your eyes are looking, where your mind is drifting, and then bring it back to Jesus. We've talked about how prayer, fasting, and this quiet time draws us closer to the heart of God, draws us more and more into being like Christ. We talked about how we cannot continue easily on this path if we are not taking time to set our worries at the base of the cross. We cannot keep moving forward if we are always dragging with us the stuff from our past, carrying the weight of unforgiveness with us so that we cannot receive all that Jesus has to offer. I showed you how God wants us to walk alongside one another in this journey instead of pointing out others' faults, keeping our eyes on Jesus and our own stuff and allowing God to be the one to help us work through those planks. And then Jesus shifts his focus in the sermon and we find a series of ways that we know we are on the right path. We are invited in now. We are to enter today into the hope that Jesus has for each of us right now. We are told, to enter the kingdom today through the narrow gate, to love others well, to do for them what we want done for us, to love God well. And we know we're doing this when we are displaying the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we're not living in the Spirit's power, if we're living in our own strength, we are missing out on so much of what Jesus has for us today. And now we're here at the end, in which Jesus compares these two builders— I'm going to reread our scripture for today so we can get reacquainted reacquainted with these verses. Verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these words, the crowds were astounded at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Remember this dichotomy, these two different paths, these two ways of being here at the end of the sermon. Imagine these two houses. Now back then, in Jesus' time, they really wouldn't have built a house that wasn't going to stand the test of time and floods 
We're not talking about the first houses that were ever built. This is not Jesus saying that these are actual buildings, but this is Jesus walking through another hyperbolic example of what we are looking at when we're looking at our lives. What Jesus wants to hit home, what these messages have been moving toward throughout the sermon, is that you have a choice. You have the choice to be wise, and you have the choice to be foolish. Remember back in our wisdom series in Proverbs, Pastor Dan brought up this dichotomy many times. The wise versus the foolish. Lady Wisdom. I actually called somebody that the other day. I was pretty excited. Um, (laughs) This is the Old Testament way, this wise versus foolish. Bringing home this message. Don't be dumb about life. Make better choices. If Jesus was here today, he might say something like, don't be foolish, like those who sit in a pew or who turn on church, on YouTube, who listen to sermons and then make absolutely no changes within their lives or within their journey. The foolish who choose to hear the words I say, who read the words of Jesus, the teachings of the Old Testament, and then look the other direction. The foolish who only love those who love them back. The foolish who lust after mammon, who go after the things of the world, who forget that there are people around them who are hurting and downtrodden, and they need the hope that you have sat here and heard over and over. Don't be the foolish. Toward the beginning of summer, I actually skipped some verses based on scheduling and the way that things happened, and it actually worked out really well. So I'm going to go back to those right now. Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. This is found right after the Beatitudes, in which Jesus told us what a disciple was to look like, who the blessed were. And then he says, you, disciples, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You, disciples, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Remember that phrase I use, you only live once. And I don't use it the way the culture uses it, to go, you only live once, have so much fun. I use this because I only get one chance here. And I encourage you to make sure that you're living your life well. Make it count. We are the salt of the earth. Disciples, we are the light on the hill. Chances are, if you've been around church for many years, you have heard these 
sermons countless times. These verses are brought in often. They hang on walls all over the place. These verses show us what God has designed us to be and to do. We are to be God's agents of redemption. We are to be the change makers, the justice seekers, the lovers of humanity. Our lives should be so dripping in the good news and the hope of Jesus that people cannot help but notice that something is different about you. That something is glowing from within. That there's just something that they are attracted to in some way, shape, or form, even if they can't put their finger on it. There's just something about the way you live, the way you speak, the way that you interact with the world around you. Your salt will be palpable. Your light will be shining. Now, if you're not building your house wisely, though, if you aren't choosing to follow what Jesus has been teaching and guiding us toward, you will have lost your saltiness. And your light might not be very bright. This past Friday, um, we are working on starting a nonprofit here in Brockport called the Brockport Community Connection. And Beth uh, Dickinson shared with me this place called the Living Well Mission. And so we drove down to Penyan, and we got to meet these amazing Cubans who are running this community-focused ministry. It began with one person. She was in seminary, and she was trying to figure out what God was going to do with her life. And she had been set up with an internship, and it fell apart. And she was at the point where she was like, all right, God, you have nothing for me. And her spiritual director said, no, no, take three weeks. I want you to take three weeks and sit in silence, sit with God, and be quiet. After two weeks, nothing had come. And she was getting more and more discouraged. And she was seeing the lack of resources in the area. She was getting really sad. And she walked out her back door, and she heard an audible voice from God that said, you can make a difference. You can do this. She had nothing, and she signed a lease. <laughs> this blows my mind. She just signed a lease, had no idea where God was going to lead her, um, got people together, and there were a lot of bumps. And I love that she shared her bumps with us as well. But it has grown over the last 10 years into a thriving mission in which they feed people, clothe people, walk alongside them with the greatest needs in their community. They have started youth programs, support groups for cancer patients, caregivers of Alzheimer's patients, grief groups. They have an emergency food pantry, a hygiene bank, a diaper bank. They work with every area church and every area school in their county and mostly within unity. It is a beautiful picture of what the kingdom can look like. Talk about being the salt, the light, the change in the community around them. 
I sent an article this week in the first forward about change and how it starts with one, one life. We can get very overwhelmed with thinking about everything that's going on wrong around us. And with technology, we know far too much about what's happening on the planet than we'll ever be able to help. And it can feel like there is too much to do, and so we freeze and we do nothing. I want to caution us, of course, against this compassion fatigue because we can get to the point where we do care too much about too many things or too many people, and it's exhausting. However, we can do one thing, the thing that God has placed in front of us to do. Maybe that's giving somebody a ride to church, helping them get their groceries, getting somebody to a doctor's appointment, sending money to a cause you believe in, helping pay for somebody's college tuition who may not have been able to do it otherwise, delivering food maybe for the food shelf, bringing an extra box of pasta when you have it. The list can go on and on. Just showing somebody you care can mean the world to them and can absolutely save their life. We love God well, not by filling our brains with doctrine and knowledge, but by loving others well. What good is salt if it has lost its saltiness? What good is a light if we hide it in a closet? And how do we make sure that our salt retains its flavor, that our light remains bright? And this is the question I want you to sit in for a moment. How do we make sure that our salt retains its flavor and that our light remains bright? And this brings us back to our foundation. Every week I've opened my sermons with a small prayer in which I thank my rock and my redeemer. This is directly from Psalm 19. A psalm of David sung to God. He praises God for being God. He praises the law, the ordinances, the commandments, saying they are sweeter than honey. David goes on to ask for God to clear him from hidden faults and hopes that he is able to walk through life holding on to the ways of God. We all know that David was not a perfect man. He did not always follow that narrow way, but man, he held on. He held on with every ounce of his being. This rock, this redeemer, this is the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is our rock. This needs to be our foundation. 
This is where our strength will come from. This is where our wisdom will come from. This is how we will stand the test of time, staying firm always in what God is asking us to do. From last week, we learned the way that God judges us is by looking into our lives, looking at our actions. Just as it says in Matthew 5:16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. No, we don't stand on the corners and preach and pray loudly. We don't fast so that everybody knows we're checking our motivations. But when we are living for Jesus and our foundation is firm, we can point to God if needed. We need to be so utterly and completely changed from the inside out that our good works are evident to those who look toward us, not in the fake ways, but in those unmistakable ways. I do want to encourage us as a church body, because we are doing this on a whole really well. One of my favorite things is when people hop on to one of the Brockport pages looking for a church to attend, our church is mentioned way more often than all the other churches in Brockport by people who aren't here, by people who only know what we are doing. They see us. And they might be people who never take a step into the church, and that's okay because they know that we are loving others well. We are feeding them. We are clothing people. We are here to have parties on the front lawn, too, because quite frankly, we're American Baptists. We get to have fun, too. They see what we're doing. They see what you are a part of. This is a big deal. Do we have room for growth? Of course. Because guess what? There's no childcare again today. Because I don't have enough volunteers who are willing to miss out on an hour of their week. And that's hard. We have room to grow. But I've loved this series so much this summer because there's grace here. There's grace here for all of us. We're not going to be perfect. Um, grace is defined as God's undeserved favor toward us. Undeserved favor. We have our part to play. We have to come to the table with something. We need to show up in ways to God so that they can show up in ways toward us. We cannot receive all of what God has to offer when we are not doing our part. I want everybody to always remember how perfectly James threw the soccer ball at me. We cannot receive all of what God has if we are holding on to too much, too much of our past, our hurts, our unforgiveness, our anger, our bitterness, our worries. When we are loaded down, we cannot receive all of this undeserved favor and love 
and hope that Jesus is ready to lob in our direction. So where is your foundation? I hope that your foundation is in Jesus. In a few moments, I'm going to have Lucas play through our final song so that you can hear the melody, but also so that you can have some quiet reflection time. I want you to think about all the lessons we've gone over this summer, all of the pieces of wisdom that Jesus shared with us. Before we move out of this series and into the next, I want to share these verses from the message because there was no way I was going to end our summer without me sharing verses from the message. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed to the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. When Jesus concluded his address, the crowd burst into applause. They had never heard teaching like this. It was apparent that he was living everything he was saying, quite a contrast to their religion teachers. This was the best teaching they had ever heard. Jesus is quite a contrast. Quite a contrast to the world that we see around us, the world that we live in, possibly even in the ways that we live our own lives. He did not share with us the way to live in order to fill our minds with knowledge, but for our lives to be transformed in ways that only the Godhead can do. Martin Luther many years ago says, the doctrine is a good and precious thing, but it is not being preached for the sake of being heard, but for the sake of action and its application to life. Keep doing the good that God places in front of you. Keep loving God and others well through all you say and do daily. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist, on Twitter at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.